What is up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief in effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than the power of conversation? I'm Mark Francis in the host seat once again. Joining us, you look very festive with your outfit, Miss Alicia Battaglia. How are you? Merry Christmas. It's Christmas week. And also... Happy winter solstice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Today. Okay. Today, you like talking about weather. So I do. That's perfect. And you today bring that up. is the fewest hours of sunlight, Oof. which is really sad. <laughs> but the good news is starting tomorrow, our days are going to incrementally, incrementally get longer. Glass is half full. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Good that's way of looking at it. That's great news. Yes. yes. And with us once again, we missed you last week, Pastor mm-hmm. Mark mm-hmm. Carey. Yep. Good. With um, I didn't know I was gone. Yeah, yeah, but you, I was. You ditched <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, you ditched us. We were us. able to to cover, and uh, whether you listen to us or not, I that's... actually told you though the week before, yeah. two weeks ago, that I was going to be gone that week. Oh, okay. Of course, it's always our fault. <laughs> exactly. That is no problem. But we're glad that you're back, so you can cover and unpack these passages even more for us and, and do them justice. So we um, we're into week three of this series, I believe. Every story whispers his name, and um, we're able. No, is it week two? No, three. Three. Okay, yeah. okay. Make sure I'm getting it yeah, right. This week yeah. coming up is four. Yeah, exactly. And so week three of Advent. Also, where during the service we un- uncovered the word joy. Um, so Alicia, I'll come to you first. Just give us your your take on what you were able to experience over the weekend. Well. This week, we are obviously celebrating the birth of Jesus, and that's where our passage in Luke landed us. And so uh, talking about God's perfect, sovereign plan, this unfolding plan of redemption, and it's so amazing because um, it's for us. <laughs> this this plan of redemption is for us as sinners. Yeah. And um, so, Pastor Mark, in your sermon, you brought out this collage of people and the main theme the is characters the characters. The characters, yeah. yes. We have the 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 powerful people of the day. We have the lowly people of the day. We have the angelic beings, and um, but the the main theme with this collage of people is that they all needed the Savior. They mm. all needed that baby Jesus, and that message still applies to us today. We very much need mm-hmm. this story today and every day. So as much as the Christmas story is familiar and we celebrate it every year, uh, it's not something that we want to get over-familiarized with. Yeah, there's something special about this season for me. I don't know why, but, you know, it's not old hat. And that's, I feel that there's this sense Mm -hmm. of Maybe it's because of coming out of COVID and just the, the not gathering and the craziness of the last year and a half, but for me personally, I'm encouraged by the passages that we're reading, by the the gatherings that we're having of people around, um, the songs we're singing. There's something all-encompassing about that. And um, in our Tuesday morning worship planning meetings that happened this morning, our pastor of worship and creative arts, Mike Lukens, asked our team that. I didn't answer. I had to think about that. He asked us the question as a team, you know, what, um, you know, what has been a... a sign of the season that is giving you wonder you know what it, what is what is about and that's not maybe how you phrase it but what has been wonderful about the season and i had to think about that so my answer my answer is i really appreciate just this season for this year 
seeing the body come together, mm-hmm. how fall the stars come together, how we're all gathering once again. People are coming back in this um, this season, and it's not old hat. So mm-hmm. I don't know, Mark. How about you? I mean, how do you feel? Maybe you have a different perspective, but what? <laughs> yeah, I. I was accused of using the word bedlam. Bedlam? In uh, both yes. services. And, yeah. Chris, and I, and when, indeed, when I everybody, use that word. When everybody shows up at your house. <laughs> yeah, sure. I did say it was a wonderful bedlam, so I guess that's the wonder. Right. The, right. the wonder, yeah. Is, uh, yeah is. Maybe it's just, the, again, the story is the same, but how we view the story in a fresh way each and every year, I think, is is up to us to yeah. see how, how what is God teaching us. And this word, wonder, consistently has been coming out. I know in our Advent readings and our videos we've been showing that. You mentioned the word wonder a couple different times, and um, so that word has impacted me. Mm-hmm. Um, so give us a little yeah, taste well, of, I, of what I, you've been seeing through the season, Mark. Well, and, and in this particular sermon, in this particular passage, um, what uh, it struck me, what I wanted to bring out was this is this is not just some a mythical story, some um, quaint little... Uh, Not a fairy tale. Fairy tale, yeah. Christmas-type story that we, you know, oh, the little baby in the in the manger and, and all that. This was real people. Mm-hmm. The, the, this was set in a real setting in space-time, uh, a real historical event. And there were major events in the world taking place there was key players there was caesar augustus there were um the the pax romana was taking place there was peace and yet uh always at that time it was a a fragile peace and so Carinius was known as a uh as a military leader and and uh, so so you got these these real people living out their lives in a real setting kind of minding their own business, so mm. to speak, living life, mm. and all of a sudden God erupts into mm. this this worldly, normal, you got rich people, you got poor people, you got you know power people, you got insignificant. That's life. And then all of a sudden erupting into this is the incarnation. Mm. And um, I, I, I could have gone back. I mean, I didn't have time, but... The last words that that God had spoken was something like 400 years earlier, mm. right in the end of the Old Testament, Malachi. Yeah, and uh, that was it. And um, God was silent for for four <laughs> centuries. That'd be, you think back to this is the 2021. That would have been like in 1621. I mean, <laughs> think of what the world was like that. And that was the end of any communication that God had with His people. Mm. Um, and during that time, you've got uh, um, the end of the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, these big uh, movements of, of, of mankind in history. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, God shows up to a, um, an old priest, a barren couple, a priestly couple in Luke chapter 1, uh, Elizabeth and Zacharias, and and makes this announcement. And then he shows up in Nazareth to an insignificant, poor Jewish girl. In an insignificant mm. town. In an insignificant <laughs> town. I mean, yeah. out of the most bizarre 
settings. Uh, uh, going back to the Luke 1, and again, I didn't bring this out in the sermon, but Luke 1, you've got Zacharias and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. He is in a role of, of a priest, um, and yet she is barren, which mm. was a sign of kind of a lack of blessing mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. So a, a very unlikely person mm-hmm. that God would show up to and speak to. And then Mary, a very unlikely person in a very unlikely little hamlet in Galilee. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the shepherds, you know, are you kidding me? Well, and, and then also even back to Caesar Augustus, um, you mentioned how he was, you know, the one who was ushering the, the Pax Romana, which is the beginning of Rome's golden age. And he's this, this savior figure, this bringer of peace. But isn't it? ironic that at that time here here the angels are saying glory to god in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased jesus is the peace bringer he mm-hmm. is the peacemaker and no so, human ruler exactly yeah, is doing and it so so here we have this powerful you know bringer of peace when actually the real king of peace has arrived yeah yeah, yeah and i love good. the historical good. perspectives because i know you like history mark but bringing that out again allows it not to be a fairy tale mm-hmm. allows it not to be just words on a on a piece of paper that we read to our families or our kids this is this is real yeah yeah and you know real rome real people real oppression and people looking for a messiah people looking for a savior and god shows up right yeah 400 years after being silent god is showing up galatians 4 4 says in the fullness of time yeah god uh, Jesus came. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. Right time, right the place. right time, the right place, and he erupts into this uh, again, most unlikely setting uh, to be the Prince of Peace, to mm-hmm. be the giver of joy, to mm-hmm. be the one who will be the savior of mm-hmm. our sins. I feel like that the the way you end it and wrapped up is is good for our conversation. And where do we see ourselves in this story? And without giving away too much, Christmas Eve, we're going to have a little bit of focus of these characters in, in a reading that will help you wonder and ponder, what were these people going through? Even Caesar Augustus. Did, you, yeah. did, did he realize what he was doing was putting God's plan in place? Mm-hmm. You know, let's ponder about that. You know, the, the shepherds, when they see the glory of God appear, what were they thinking? Mm-hmm. So where, if... If we were there, you know, or if we are here now, 2,000 years later, where do we see ourselves in the story? What is our, I, I feel like that's where you're going with the mm-hmm. application. Mm-hmm. And, and how to, and I think that's maybe why I feel like this is fresh for me because, you know, reading through Luke 2, placing yourself in the story in this real place and time, man, what would I have been thinking? Well, <laughs> what would I have been for doing? For me, I, and I talked about this a little bit in last week's discussion, but uh, Mary and Elizabeth really stood out to me, hmm. and, you know, being a female. And, they both stand out to me as being role models of what it looks like for trusting God because we saw how Zechariah's response, he did not believe. And so he went silence. But uh, Mary's response, she, um, she says, you know, how? how? And, um, and then she says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it, to be in me. Let it be to me according to your word. And then Elizabeth, she's filled with the Holy Spirit, and she says uh, to Mary, when Mary comes to visit, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And so they, they, ha- they are s- experiencing both physically, because 
they both have these <laughs> miraculous things happening mm-hmm. to them. Elizabeth is old in age. Mary is a virgin. And um, yet, so they've been physically touched by God, spiritually touched by God, and they respond in belief. <laughs> they, they have a heart of belief. And um, that just made me think about when we were in Romans, in Romans 15, verse 13, that mm-hmm. says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may be abound in hope. Mm-hmm. And then Mary goes on to sing this song that just abounds in hope. So I think that that Romans 15 verse is testifying to what Mary and Elizabeth are experiencing. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's real. Like, that's and it believing. Shows, it's believing, but it also shows their understanding of who God is. Exactly. And knowing his character to when he does show up, there's this heartfelt, oh, wow, yes, he is talking to me. Now, the opposite of that is Zacharias. <laughs> where right. We touched on that a little bit last week in our conversation on, on the podcast. But the opposite, he, he didn't quite believe, and look what happened to him. You know, mm-hmm. God said, okay, you're not going to be speaking mm-hmm. for a while. Um, yeah, but but th- but then he obviously was able to worship and praise God through that yeah. unbelief, right? Uh, but there's this there's this God moment in response that I see people having in these stories. Yeah, uh, even Joseph, though he does a factor into the Luke account, he does in the Matthew account, mm. right? And so, I mean, that's your the, the the young woman that you're engaged to be married. She, she's pregnant, and. It says, being a righteous man, he sought to put her away, mm-hmm. yeah, to mm-hmm. not consummate the marriage, so that that in Jewish law that there was a permission, a permissible time of divorce, put her away, um, and yet when God told them the whole story, or, or at least more of the story through Gabriel, um, he didn't put her away. Hmm. There was faith ex- mm-hmm. exhibited hmm. there by Joseph. Interesting players um, who um, responded in faith to God, and um, um, you know, praise God that they did. It's part of the story. God honoring that faith, and in in this way that they are showing and displaying God's character and glory through how they're responding. So there is there is kind of a, an example of living a life of knowing who God is, seeing His His word in our lives and in His hand His hand in our lives. And then the response, and then the results. Yeah. And maybe it was more believable if a Gabriel actually told me to do something or a choir of angels. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't get Zacharias off the hook, but because, uh, <laughs> you know, Gabriel, you know, hey, I'm old and my wife is barren. Well, fine, I'm Gabriel, I've come from God, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I mean, that would help me sometimes in my lack of faith to, to, to well, have Gabriel. And a, I love Gabriel what show. you brought yeah. out, like, just kind of imagining what was happening in the angelic realm of, you know, okay, they're they're becoming aware that the Son of God, the Trinity, is getting ready to leave his throne in heaven and put on flesh. And just how the from that first Peter one, these are the things in which angels long to look. Mm-hmm. And um, in Ephesians three ten, and this goes back to your uh, you're one of the things that you're pondering in your heart, Mark, yeah. that you said at the beginning. Um, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly p- places. So God, this is so cool. He uses 
the church to reveal these things. And so your pondering in your heart is just the gathering of believers. Mm-hmm. And that's how God's choosing to reveal these mm-hmm. things that he's doing is through his people, his mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, the body of Christ yes. yeah, continues, I mean, uh, through th- 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 the church to display that. You know, who's not mentioned in this Luke account, because we're talk- we'll next week we'll run across him a little bit it was Herod hmm. and 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 of course Satan um, so as the angelic hosts are in on this and they're they're seeing this thing unfold and their glory to God on the highest what in the world was going on in Lucifer's mind in Satan's mm. in, yeah. in mind when he is he is he really going to pull this off mm. is this what and, and and the assaults that began, we saw it with Herod. Mm. Um, you got to kill this. I mean, we, that little baby was the threat. Um, Satan thought he had a little thing going ever since Eve dis- was deceived and Adam rebelled and bought into his lie. Mm. And and you know the, the the control, the whole world lying in the grip of the evil one. 400 years of silence from God. And then wait a minute. What? A, a baby? You you got to be able to do better than that, God. Why not some powerful warrior? Why, you know, if that is that all you've got to throw at me? Somewhere this brilliant evil fallen Lucifer, Satan, it must have begun to dawn on him. Mm. Because as we'll see next week in the story with in Matthew two with the Magi coming, Herod is 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 the embodiment of evil that mm. is trying to kill this little baby, mm. and um, and that happens all throughout in the life of Christ as we mm. go through every story whispers his name. I mean Jesus will say time and time again, "My time is not yet come," mm. and yeah. uh, and then when it does, he goes to the cross and. That, and the details of this this plan, um, as we you know, as we dig in and pull things out, and one thing I never realized was that was that even the shepherds in the field they're tending to the the sacrificial lambs for the for the offering at the temple. Mm. And uh, one thing that I read was that um, when the when the lambs are born, the shepherds would wrap Mm. them in swaddling clothes to protect them from getting bruised or injured because they have to be perfect to be presented. Mm. And here, you know, imagine Satan seeing Mm. this picture and then seeing this announcement that the angels are going to find the babe Mm -hmm. wrapped in swaddling clothes. Oh, that gives me chills. Like God is so in the details from beginning to end. And uh, it's... Matt Chandler likes to say, punch Satan in the mouth, like just these little details. Like, <laughs> But isn't it cool to know, okay, God's had this plan from all, for all time. And here, Satan is reactionary. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's watching it unfold. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's encouraging to us to know that, okay, when we tap into that God level power, mm-hmm. <laughs> Satan power can't, can't trump us. You know? And so God's had this plan all throughout time. And time over time, you can see Satan react an attempt to do things, you know, and Jesus in the temp- being tempted in the in the desert and all these areas where, you know, he's trying to come at him and obviously the cross and death and all, time over time, God is trumping whatever Satan is throwing at us. Yeah. So in our world today, 
we can be encouraged to know that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. Whatever we think we see, you know, Satan's arrows coming at us, we know that, okay, ultimately, God's got control that's over right. it all. And, and that, that's, again, I think one of the key things in, in, these, in these birth narratives that Luke writes. God's sovereign hand is all mm. over it. Yeah. It, this is, it's time to move. You know, 400 years of silence, it's now time to, in the fullness of time, and all these events begin to unfold, and nothing's going to stop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelief by Zacharias, uh, the virgin birth of Mary, uh, uh, a pregnant woman uh, who's not married, uh, only engaged to Joseph, who wants to put her away. All these things, uh, Caesar Augustus, uh, the, the power of the Rome of the day, um, God was fulfilling his purposes right on time. And even Acts chapter 2, verse 22 says um, that when Jesus was crucified, he was crucified by the predetermined hmm. and f- plan and foreknowledge of God hmm. uh, was, was nailed to a cross. It, this is, and, and yeah, that, that should be very encouraging. Now, it's been 2,000 years, and Peter will write at the end of Peter, many will say, what's his coming? And, you know, you know, the scoffers will scoff. But just like God had his timing perfectly in the eruption into our world of the birth of Christ, his time is going to be perfect when one day the heavens mm-hmm. will open, the trumpet mm-hmm. will sound, and this baby, the great warrior, will, uh, the king, will come on his white horse in Revelation 19, and and that it'll cons- the yep. consummation of all the end will will take place. Um, just as sure as he came that first coming. Mm. And it'll be real people in real settings, and people will going, be going about their day. It'll be real things that'll be happening. And, um, you know, that's why it's the most important thing to do at this time of year is to make sure we are sharing the good news mm. um, and inviting people to put their trust and hope in mm-hmm. Christ and Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you At the end of your sermon or towards the end, you you mentioned the hymn, Amazing Love, How Can It Be That Thou, My God, Should Die For Me? And I was thinking about that. Like, it is truly amazing that we have this great exchange happening and that Jesus, he's, he's holy and he's the innocent sacrifice. And mm-hmm. we are sinners. And the only thing we have to bring to the table is a guilty offering. Yeah. And this sacrifice is is this picture of what's required to satisfy the wrath of God. And Jesus is the only, right. the only one, the perfect sacrifice. And that's why this Christmas story never can get old that's because right. <laughs> this is what it's about. It's that's right. the greatest love story of all. That's right. It's the gospel. As my little granddaughter said, I am so excited. Yes. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> and Me we too. should be We too. all should be excited. We should be yeah. too. I and, think yes. that's the point. And, yeah. and one of the passages that was actually read twice in the worship time is 1 Peter 1, mm-hmm. and it says, and though you have not seen him, and yeah, we haven't fully seen him, mm-hmm. you love him, talking mm-hmm. to us. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's this joy that comes in the mm-hmm. faith that we have here in our church age of expectantly waiting for his return, the same way that the Jewish nation was expectantly waiting for the Messiah, mm-hmm. to know that we can have joy, we mm-hmm. can have um, that that hope 
and that confidence to see God's plan being unfolded over time to now, okay, it's still going to continue to unfold years. Whenever he comes back, <laughs> it's going right. to be there. It's the and, only source of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Joy. If you look around in the world today, and there's nothing that's going to give you a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's purposeful. We're not to find any joy right. in the things of this world. Yeah. There is only one. And uh, so joy to the world. Mm. The and, Lord and is God. God knows, okay, we need this reminder every yeah. every year. Yeah. You know, just like we meet every week to be yeah. reminded of the gospel, there's something about the seasons of the year. And you're talking about winter solstice mm-hmm. earlier, and it brings us to the season of Christmas time where we remember his incarnation yeah. and I, the greatness that he did. And And the sad part is so many people do not get it. And so once again, yep. we as believers in the church have an opportunity um, to proclaim it. I can remember, oh my, it was probably 15, 16 years ago when Tim McManigal, who was our missions pastor at the time, and I were in, um, it were in China. I guess I can say that. Sure. But, um, uh, and in this um, atheistic country, um, it would happen to be in December. That we had we'd gone. I don't know why it was awfully cold in China. Yes, <laughs> and in, it's cold in Virginia. In Inner Mongolia, no, no, wow. yeah. But anyway, so we're staying in a hotel in uh, Beijing, and wouldn't you know it? Uh, we walk into the hotel. There's Christmas trees, and the first thing that hits us is the words, "Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king." They're singing Christmas wow. carols. Yeah. You know, in in yeah. China. In China, yeah. I mean, I heard Bing Crosby even. Uh, so th- it was here that that message is universal mm. yeah uh we let's capitalize on it mm. and there's people here in our town yes, that, that need, need to, to hear, hear that mm-hmm. and i mean that's a great segue to know that yes we have an amazing opportunity to invite people yeah. to a christmas eve service this coming friday yeah mm. you know three different services pick your times 11 5 7 and fill the seats i mean i'm expecting a big crowd but let's let's bring some people who aren't churched, mm-hmm. you know, and need to hear the gospel. Yeah. And it's it's a very easy oper- easy way of doing it, you yeah. know. It's not confrontational. People expect to go to church um, this right. time of yeah. life, this time of the season. You're not having to preach the gospel to them, and we, we want you to, but, I mean, and, it will be presented. And when you invite <laughs> them, oftentimes you'll hear them say, oh, it, it, that's the church that does that, uh, follow, follow the star, the star. Thing, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's um, exactly. yeah. Well, guys, that is a, a great conversation to end on where we know Christmas is coming. Guys, have a great Christmas Eve. Have a great Christmas with your families, everybody watching and listening as well. But come back to church on Sunday because uh, it doesn't stop. We still need to be reminded. There will not be a Fellowship Saturday service mm-hmm. on Saturday, Christmas night. So don't come to church Saturday, but come back Friday and then Sunday. Be ready to go. Remember, children's ministry, actually nursery is available, 11 o'clock and 5 o'clock on Friday. And again, bring a friend. So mm-hmm. um, it's exciting. Yeah. Until we meet again next week. Yeah, but, but did, yeah. I, did I tell you my shirt size and my the kind of tie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, we, we've got you, that. Well, I think you like the gift cards. <laughs> yeah, that, right. that kind of is what you said. <laughs> the gift cards. Yeah, don't go to that household, right? <laughs> that was the joke. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. And the fact of the matter is that sermons are not meant just to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love, God bless, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.